Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the CHGO Cubs podcast. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan. We are coming to you on Friday, January 19th, Brendan. So welcome into the Friday edition. We are not live this week for anyone asking, but as we always say, appreciate you in the live YouTube chat. Read the comments, read the feedback later. If you're listening on your podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts, welcome in to the Friday edition. Brendan, CubsCon has come and gone. The excitement of the Shota Imanaga signing, the Michael Bush trade, et cetera, maybe has worn down a little bit, and now we are back in the muck. Back to being miserable, Corey. Not well, miserable. We're, back, we're back into reading the Cody Bellinger rumors, the Scott Boris stuff. What about... Chapman, Chapman and this and that. Say, we're, we're back in that space a little bit. The good news is 27 days from right now, spring training begins. Pitchers and catchers report literally in 27 days. So we have that to look forward to. Yeah, and I, I was in the studio on Thursday afternoon with our guys Luke, Cody, and Ryan and brought up that uh, your friend, I, I haven't had oh, the God. pleasure of meeting him yet, but uh, and they corrected me on how to pronounce his last name, Rich Beisterfield. You butchered it. That's okay. Just call him Just call Easterfeld. him Rich. Call him Rich. Rich. Yeah. Friend of the yeah. show, Rich. You friend can find him on Rich. Twitter, of course. Uh, he's got some great photos of the guys that are already in Mesa. Guys like Matt Shaw. Um, I think I saw Wiggins, the uh, the recent uh, draft pick, was there getting some work yeah. in. So Tommy a lot of John guys surgery post Tommy John, good yeah, work. Yeah, absolutely. In. All, he looks all, good you know, too. A lot of guys there, so we'll be interested. Davis, sort of PCA, as as some of the players trickle in. Uh, I'm uh, assuming you know we'll start seeing Dansby Swanson field and oh, ground balls man. either in Mesa or somewhere else uh, very soon. I, I think he, he doesn't does field ground balls during the offseason. He only hits. Is that That's true? what I learned. That's what he said. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, at some point, you just can't improve anymore. You've done you it just, enough. You just yeah. saturate right. your He has the, he has the 10,000 hours required to be an expert. He's got, he's got more it. than that. He's got yeah. 100,000 hours. So 
lot to talk about on this show. We will talk a little bit about, you know, the Cubs con going on, uh, you know, in the aftermath, because Brendan and I, of course, this is our first time on since those festivities. We will talk about the third base discussion that remains ever present, some comments from, you know, even Craig Council on Christopher Morell's versatility, sort of having people reading into that again for like the millionth time. We'll talk about some bullpen stuff. As we started to record this, it kind of sounds like the Astros are circling the wagons with Josh Hader. Uh, it was kind of one of those, when when we started recording this, just for reference, we were getting those reports that come before the report that he is signing with the Astros. So Is that true? Okay. Possibly. Sometimes we'll those, see. So those don't follow A to B, but that's what it seems that's what it sounds like okay so we'll talk about that we'll talk about all of that the the first thing i want to talk about brendan and i don't want to give we don't have to give too much attention to where it came from because that's giving them what they want but i did talk to cody on thursday afternoon and what he asked me for was a little more of a little more heated brendan he likes when you're you're able to rant and kind of go along with him he appreciates it okay so listen we don't have to mention where it came from, but okay. if you wanted to take a couple minutes to vehemently defend Nico Horner and explain why he should be <laughs> in any top ten, any top You're five, just setting me up to to deliver a, a speech you could probably give in your sleep. I mean, it's absolute bullshit. Number one, <laughs> I mean, how do you make a list where one of your guys on that list has three hundred? major league plate appearances in Zach Gilaw from, from Oakland. Great player. Don't get me wrong. How do you make a list when, you know, a 10 year old can go to fangraphs.com. You don't even have to type in www anymore. Just fangraphs.com. You go to a leaderboard, you sort by second baseman. You click on the war on the top, right? Number one, Nico Horner, not number two, not number three, not number four, not even number 10. Number one, Nico Horner. How do you, and then you leave off Ozzy Albies. That's a slap in the face. The only explanation I have for why Nico Horner was left off that list is because of Dansby Swanson. Because Ozzy Albies was his second, play, second base double play partner too. And the only explanation is you can't have Wilson users on that list. The the MLB network will not give credit to a second baseman playing with Dansby Swanson. That's, That's right. You have to spread out your Rawlings users <laughs> to meet your quota that Major League Baseball has with Rawlings. That's the only explanation, Corey. But it really like realistically, whoever's making those lists, you have with the to MLB think. network. Some people may not know what we're talking about. The yeah. MLB network put out a fan list that didn't have Nico at all for the top no, 10 second. Not even all the Albies though. And either. their expert list. I'm not sure who compiled it had Nico at 10th, which yeah. by any metric is just objectively. Wrong. I will, I so. will say if they're doing this intentionally to troll people, I that's was, what I said. I was hoping they would do that. So I can talk about this. I love hate talking when people leave off Nico Horner or Dansby Swanson off these lists, it, it gives me energy. So I'm happy well, they did that. And I, I I think it was on Twitter that a friend of the program, Brett Taylor on the Bleacher Nation account, 
in response to all the conversation that came from those lists was like, look, if one thing it's reminding all of us of just how good Nico Horner is because everybody's coming out and explaining, you know, no Nico, what are you crazy? He does this, he does this, he does this. It's like really good ball player. Like uh, you didn't need Brendan, Brendan and I to tell you that, but you know, he's a really good ball player. We are forgetting what it means to be a good major league baseball player. I'm worried about the future. I'm worried about these Teenage kids coming up, they will never understand. I, I, I th- this is an old head thing. I think. I mean, this was the people at the MLB Network. I don't think this has anything to do with you. Well, they should all be fired. Fire every Good. single person at the MLB Network. Besides, please I like please yeah, Our friend, fire, fire everyone else. Yeah. I don't care if there's ever a fireable offense. Is what I saw. What was it Wednesday night? Embarrassing. Yeah. If I were Major League Baseball. I would forget about the pitch clock changes. I would fire every single person as my first priority target. Get going, Theo. That's what I would say. Really, what needs to happen is Wilson should be paying you. Like, that's the thing. You're you're the most outspoken Wilson athletics person I think I know. They make a quality product. I, I, listen, I This know. is free advertising. I, I don't just advertise for the hell of it, you know? Either I yeah. like the product or, yeah. Okay. Anyway, Nico Horner, very good, definitely within the top 10 uh, and should be much higher in you any second admit, base though, list you're doing. Say you, again? You, you did probably laugh when you saw him that low because you knew what was going to come. Like you knew this would happen, the response you would get. Well, I, I mean, from you too, but like it is one of those things. I think sometimes you and I get lost in our bits a little bit. I also love Nico Horner. He plays on the Cubs. About? You know what you're I mean? Not, you're not allowed to steal my bit. <laughs> Right. See, that's what I mean. Like when it was John Lester, it would be like, well, Brendan can't talk. Brendan is also allowed to like John Lester. They're on the yeah, same Yeah, but I team. can't. I am only allotted a certain number of minutes to talk about yeah, John Lester. Yeah, we can't steal each other's thing, no. but we are all rooting for the same team. Here. Did you tweet that collage of Nico Horner today from the CHDO account? So Cody did, but obviously I made it. You can yeah, you're, you're stealing it. my content. I knew that was from you. You're stealing my content. You know, whatever. Anyway, next, uh, before we get into some of the off-season discussion, because again, a lot of this is just rumor, innuendo, projecting stuff, and we've done a lot of that. So we will do some of it because of what is being talked about, about the Cubs. I think it was Buster only said, you know, executives expect them to win the rest of the off-season, which as we talked on Thursday with Cody, Luke, and Ryan, like, all right, we'll do it already. You know, we heard that at the beginning of the off-season too. So like sure, but go ahead and do it. Two things. Uh, one, I would direct you to the CHDO sports YouTube channel, CHDO Cubs Twitter page. We'll tweet out all these links. Uh, but our guys, I believe Luke Ryan and Jared were able to sit down with some of the Cubs at CubsCon and got some really great interviews. I, I know they've already aired a conversation with Jordan Wicks for sure. I think amongst others, and I think some of them are going to continue to trickle out, uh, but really good stuff um, watching those interviews and some really great questions from the guys at the CHDO Cubs team from CubsCon weekend. So do check that out. Do seek out those interviews. I think some of them are being aired as part of the weekly shows. Then they'll go on the CHDO Sports YouTube channel. So do check those out. Second thing, because it's you and me, Brendan, we have to do this. Okay. Okay. We threatened reminiscing about random guys a couple weeks ago. So we don't have to do that. But when the Chicago, they're pandering directly to you and me and Cody, I think. When the Chicago Cubs tell everyone that they are going to induct Aramis Ramirez and Kerry Wood into their Hall of Fame, 
I don't care if CubsCon was three weeks ago. It wasn't. But I don't care how date outdated it is or how late Brendan and I are to the conversation Man. because of when our show airs. But Man. we are talking about Aramis Ramirez and Kerry Wood because they deserve to constantly be talked about, Brendan. We talked about Aramis Ramirez for years, how we were hoping the Cubs would give him his due time, well-deserved time, yeah. and they never did. I, I personally thought it was offensive when they just gave him the Wrigley number and that was it. Well, you, I mean, you never pitch. know like where I, he's living and all this other stuff, but yeah. I don't care. We got Zoom. You and I are talking across the country right now. Sure. Zoom him in. I don't know. But it was emotional to see Aramis come up there. You have, you know, his son, Carrie Wood's son, given that uh, video narrative, pretty cool. But just the numbers from Aramis, especially when you compare it to what you see today, crazy. We're talking about in 2004, his first full year with the Cubs. 398 Woba following year 392 381 386 386 393. I mean, what more could you possibly want from a corner infielder, a third baseman? And one of my favorite memories about Aramis, among several, several walk-off hits, home runs, clutch hits, when he came back from dislocating his shoulder, you you knew he was not right. He was swinging with two arms on the follow through and he was getting so much flack for years about being lazy or being not into it and here's your cornerstone slugger every year being consistent coming back playing through injury and slugging hitting home he hit one home run in washington with a two-hand follow-through which he never did and at that moment i'm like oh this this guy this guy's crazy he's a team player he wants to win he doesn't come off as being the showboat over-the-top guy. He just plays baseball and is a consistent run producer. He is more than deserving of this Hall of Fame induction, and I hope they keep him around for other festivities in, in years to come. Yeah, absolutely. I I think, you know, Kerry Wood, uh, you know, we, we've talked about plenty, and I think he gets uh, his just due from the Cubs and baseball yeah. in general. Um, but Ramirez is one of those that, yeah, you and I have talked for a long time about him and Derek Lee in particular, like really wanting them to get their flowers. And I can't speak for different generations of the fan base, but I know for people like you and I who are around a similar age and who were teenagers in 2003 and stuff like that, like these guys mean the world. Of course, like everybody wants Sammy back and and stuff like that. But Aramis Ramirez, Derek Lee, like those were Man. the dudes. There, you know, and, I have a story about you with Derek okay. Lee. So we were in Dodger Stadium 2017, I believe. I think it may have been a Cubs game. NLCS? No, it was a regular season game. Oh, okay. It may have been the World Baseball Classic too. I forget. Uh, and Derek Lee is sitting kind of behind home plate. Oh, with Nomar. Yeah, and we're yeah. we're like you know pregame, and you just stop cold in your thought process. I can see it in your face, and you just stop. You go, that's that's Derek Lee. It was <laughs> as if you were seeing the Messiah himself come back down. Like the the glow from your face yeah. was phenomenal. I always remember that. Well, and I you know, and this is like a random thing, but like I had the opportunity when they played in Vegas, I think ahead of the 07 season, 08 season. Yeah. It was around that time because I remember certain guys that it was for, it was around for 08. spring training, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I remember, you know, having the opportunity to like go on the field and just like, you know, get some autographs, like wait, you know, behind the rope or whatever with some other people and, and get some autographs. And just a, like the, the quickest anecdote, like speaking to Carrie Wood and Derek Lee, I don't recall if I, I don't think I met Aramis Ramirez, uh, but speaking to the two of them, just even briefly as nice as, as can oh, possibly man. be just exactly as a kid at the time, like exactly the interaction that you would want with these people who you just like absolutely idolize and can't believe that you're meeting. Yeah. Uh, Derek Lee is not in this Cubs hall of fame yet. I yet. would hope he that will, someday he, will be. he yeah. will be, but I'm, I'm very happy for Aramis Ramirez. And I, of course him and Len Casper, like forever tied together in Cubs lore with the, Brewers walk off like, you know, yeah. I just think like one of the most iconic Cubs plays of the last several decades. So it, certain things come up all the time, you know, the, the, the walk off against the White Sox. Like he obviously has some like key moments that everybody sees all the time. I it, It's, it's an obvious moment, but I think so much about the grand slam that he hits in Miami Man. It, to put the Cubs up three, one, Early moon, in that game. A moonshot, too. Moonshot. Isn't that off Dontrell, too? Maybe. I forget I think who it was it is. Off, actually. Uh, look I'll look up. it up while I'm talking. Yeah. But Multitasker over the, there. The thing that, that jumps out about that, especially, is like, this is a guy who comes over in that trade mid-season yeah. and just absolutely delivers for that yeah. team. And then, of course, goes on to build his own, like, you know, Cubs legend and career as he's starting this next season with the team, but like the way that he came over in a trade and just immediately injects life into that lineup, just something that I'll never, well, the, the narrative too, was the Cubs have not had a good third baseman since Ron Santa. I, I remember, you know, parents talking about this, grandparents talking about this cousins, etc. So at my time growing, growing up 2003, 2004, having a good third baseman was something that other fans I saw wanted. And Aramis immediately filled that void too. And he, he was so smooth at third base. It was, it was off Dontrell, by the way. Man. So this is like prime Dontrell Willis. And Gosh. Ramirez is like, nah, I got it. I, I hated Dontrell Willis, man. You talk about a pitcher that put fear into my soul. Absolutely. Him and Josh Beckett, when they were in the bullpen, yeah. man, I was a miserable mess. I hate those guys. Sorry. Yeah. He's, I think, he's nice, but I think as a kid, Dontrell was that first experience I had and maybe Roger Clemens. Cause it was around, uh, that was a few years later, I think, but like Dontrell was that first one where as a young baseball fan, I remember on, if he was on the, the other side for the probable pitcher that night, that was my first experience with like, Oh, if the Marlins score a single run, this game oh, is screwed. That yeah. kind of like attitude. Yeah. Yeah. I was almost getting, I swear to God, this thought came to me when I was watching the World Series in 2016. Uh, in game five, I know, wish they, you know. Who won? I, I know. We always forget about this. That the Cubs won. Let me put oh, that preface right. in there. Okay. The Cubs won that World Series. In game five, before Bauer surrendered that home run to uh, uh, Chris Bryant, when they were showing the Cleveland uh, bullpen, the thought came to me. Yeah, oh, my Andrew God. Andrew Miller, yeah. Yeah, this like, oh, my God. This reminds me of Josh Beckett, Dontrell Willis, 2003. Yeah. It put me right into my 10 year old miserable self that moment. Yeah. But we won. Well, and as it would turn out, Andrew Miller was not unhittable. Um, no. He was very gettable by a, what I don't remember at the time, a 38 year old backup catcher. So yeah. 
David Ross. Anyway, very happy about the Aramis Ramirez and Kerry Wood thing. And I'm excited that that means throughout this season, we'll get more content from them. And then of course, when they're actually inducted and they, they have that day at Wrigley field, that'll be a, a really amazing day. So very happy for Aramis Kerry, of course, but Kerry is so much a part of the Chicago Cubs and Cubs culture. Um, so th- sort of yeah. a foregone conclusion. I think Aramis getting his flowers like this is uh, something that has happened less. Than you would think Derek Lee's next, you know, Derek Lee, maybe Carlos Zambrano, perhaps. Put priors in there when the Dodgers come to town. Man, don't do that to me, man. I, you're going to put me in a sad mood. Yeah. You know, put Sammy well, Sosa in there. How about that? Uh, hey, I, I the present company is all in favor of that. I know a lot of people have different opinions on that. That's a conversation for a different day. But I know that's uh, a long conversation. If Brendan and I had a vote, the vote would be yes. So, oh, absolutely. Anyway, very happy about that. Like I said, the Cubs kind of pandering to us specifically, um, but I am very much looking forward to you know digging into some. I'm sure Marquis will have some good old Aramis Ramirez highlights and stuff that we've forgotten. Um, so I, I very much look forward to that. I'm, I'm watching the, because I was looking for it. <laughs> Is I, it just I'm, going through the loop? <laughs> it, well, it's, the, 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 the grand slam off Dontrell yeah, in the 2003 NLCS is sort of playing in the background and like, just, you know, I'm remembering like the, the swag that Ramirez would have sometimes when he would hit the homers and watch him kind yeah, of man. do a lit, not quite a, a Sammy bit. hop, but like, you know, shrugging the shoulders. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. I got that. Like, yeah, love it. he was understated, but there were times where he, he, he let a little bit of a he shuffle. Had, hop he had go. that swag. Yeah. He was, he was yeah. understated, but he did have it. Yeah. Man. Um, anyway, since I assume Aramis Ramirez listens to this podcast, we love Big you. Aramis. Oh, he Very- did say his favorite player to watch is Nico Horner. So he understands that's what I mean. When he's left off he's this a ball list, player's ball player. Yes. Yeah. They're doing fans a disservice by not recognizing the greatness of Gold Glover. Yeah. Nico Horner. All right. All right. So uh let's hit our first ad break yes. here and then we will come back. We'll come back and jump into the bullpen market a little bit. Just want to update yeah. on that and then we'll keep going. First ad break here from Circa Sportsbook. Games will strive to be a minus 110 split on the Circa Sports menu, unlike other sportsbooks, which may use a minus 115 or a minus 120 split. Circa Sportsbook keeps as little money as possible on large market bets, especially compared to those other books. Circa Sports does not limit players based on their winnings. Every player has the same limits, unlike other books who do limit winning players. We encourage bettors to download and explore all other sporting bet apps available and compare the lines from each of those sport books. All aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main Circa Sportsbook at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. Download the Circa Sports Illinois app at circasports.com slash Illinois-app to sign up today. Also be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. If you or somebody you know may have a gambling problem, call 100GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537, text G-A-M-B to 833-234, or visit areyoureallywinning.com. Second break here from Empire Today. With Empire Today, you get to shop at home convenience, the right product for your needs with quick and professional installation and their low price guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring, so of course they have copycats but empire can't be beaten on quality service speed 
So competitors advertise low-quality products that Empire simply will not carry. Empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does that is putting flooring in your home that they would not put in theirs. Shopping for floors at a big box store can be frustrating. You might talk to someone today who was working in plumbing yesterday. Flooring is all Empire does. They live and breathe flooring. So you can be confident you're getting honest, upfront advice. Service, our own warranties, and if issue does arise, just call Empire. They service all warranties themselves. You won't have to track down a manufacturer's phone number. Empire will do it. Schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use promo code CHGO. Restrictions do apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for details. All right, Brendan. So really just wanted to uh, follow up on something I said at the beginning. Uh, And basically it was some of the local Astros beat talking about the Astros making a push for Josh Hader. And then of course, Ken Rosenthal, you know, is a local beat writer with the athletic. Then of course, Ken Rosenthal is like, here's the story on the connection. But usually like tomorrow, it'll be like, sources josh Hader in agreement with astros not always yeah. but typically when you That's see that specific smoke especially kind of out of nowhere it is usually a oh you see ken rosenthal putting that. his name on it then you know yeah it's gonna happen so just bringing that up because it is something that has been connected to the cubs obviously they're looking in the relief market and of course craig council has experience with josh Hader. you and i have talked a little bit about that specifically uh, on the show on Thursday with Luke, Cody, and Ryan talked a little bit about some of the Emmanuel Classe uh, rumors with the Guardians. Of course, you know, we sort of started this offseason talking about Shane Bieber, and now we've kind of moved to their closer. Uh, I mentioned to a, a really good thread on Twitter from friend of the program, Greg Zumak, who was highlighting less costly options if the Cubs and Guardians were indeed trying to find something, some cost-controlled relievers that are not in that elite tier, but that would certainly help the Cubs bullpen. So I thought that was an interesting discussion too. Hmm. If Hader is indeed off the market, which again, as I always say, you know, check the timestamp of this podcast and remember I'm speaking as with the news I currently have. Let's say Hader does go to the Astros which was not ever really something I don't think you and I were too particularly keen on, just given what the price might be for a 29-year-old who's been pretty remarkably consistent in his career in Hater. How would you like to see the Cubs continue to evaluate their bullpen? We heard from Jed Hoyer at CubsCon, and I, I, I did say this on the show on Thursday. He did the thing that you typically don't like, which is where he points out a serious flaw in his own roster. Just don't say And it. then we have to wait for hopefully him to address that. But he, you know, pretty, if I was paraphrasing, he the bullpen was really bad last year and a big part of why they didn't make the playoffs. And uh-huh. they need to make it better for this coming year. And they're not done doing that. So how how would you like to see them go about that? When you think about what the price might be for Class A, is that something that you're interested in, given his contract, his age, things like that? Or are you preferring maybe the alternative route that our friend Greg suggested, which is load up on some useful cost-controlled guys, but don't pay a premium either in dollars 
or in prospects for that upper tier of reliever? Yeah, it's a difficult question. It's it's always under my impression that these moves are made with consideration to the luxury tax. That's how it was last season with the former signing versus going out and spending more money at the time on, you know, Andrew Schaffin, for example. This offseason, right now the Cubs currently stand at $40 million with the Imanaga signing underneath that first tier of the luxury tax. So $40 million. That's a lot of money that you can, in theory, devote to Josh Hader. At the same time, he could be making $20 million per year, which might restrict the Cubs' ability then to bring in Bellinger in addition to maybe another depth piece in the form of a starting pitcher, reliever, or a position player as well. I see the market. I see Class A. I see the value in having a consistent reliever in Class A. At the same time, I also do have concerns and questions about projecting Class A for the next three years because the price tag to get someone like him, his value, is supposedly pretty high. Of yeah. course, I want a Class A on the Cubs. I, I'd be stupid to say he doesn't make sense. Yeah. The goal is to get someone as good as him. Is it going to cost Cade Horton? Is it going to cost Owen Casey? Is it going to cost some of these higher prospects? I'm not sure. I don't know what the value. I, well, and for, if it does, like, no. Just c- come on. For a, re- for a relief pitcher? No so if, so I'm not, I'm not doing that. And I understand we talked about it on the show on Thursday. He's under contract, I think, until 2026 for an average of $4 million a year and then an option from the club in 27 and 28. So it's a very friendly contract if he is that level of reliever. But like Kate it depends Horton, what the val- it depends Kate what you Horton for a reliever. And I know you're no. not saying to do that, but like, come on, like hang up the phone right away. No way. I, if when I talk about Classe, if it's going to be, you know, Cade Horton is going to be those top echelon type prospects. No, uh, no, the main reason, sorry, let's, let's talk about Classe though. So wh- okay. why, why is that the case? So he has a track record of consistent success, 70 innings in 2021, 73, 2022, 73 last year, ERA in those three seasons, 1.3, 1.4. And then it went down or rather up last season to 3.2. Two, we have talked, and this is my fan preference. You and I have talked. I want closers that get whiffs. One of the reasons why you and I like Alzali, but are still somewhat questionable about his long-term role, is principally because he does not get whiffs. Classe has a worse whiff rate than Adber Alzali. Last season, it was twenty-five percent. That's about league average for a major league pitcher. Now, if you look at closers specifically, I don't know what the actual average is. I would project below average. And if that's going to cost me a top tier prospect, no thank you. No thanks. Yeah. Not at all. Not even thinking about it. And I'm not even seriously considering that to be I, a, a potential guy. Even, you know, even if we were talking about someone who who had a higher whiff rate, like even just on principle, like I just don't believe in trading. I, I don't believe in trading a top tier prospect as a starting pitcher or a position player for a relief pitcher. I just don't, I, I, 
I think the only time I would do that is when the Cubs did it before, which is like when? in uh, at trade deadline in 2016. Uh, oh. And they did end up going on to win the World Series. World, World Series, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So that that's the only time, just on principle. Now, again, like each move is not the same. Each, you know, if we're talking about a pitching prospect and a relief pitcher, of course, there may be combinations of this where you could create it. And I would say yes. But I'm saying, as a general principle, unless you're acquiring a relief pitcher that you genuinely believe is like the last piece that's pushing you over to win the world series, you're looking across at the Braves, the Dodgers, the rest of the national league. And you're saying the one thing this team needs to be better than them, to beat these teams in the playoffs is a closer. Then at the deadline, that's a different discussion because you're, you're talking about a particular opportunity to win a title where the Cubs are at right now with the amount of holes that they have. And really with how like weak the state of the division is, it doesn't mean this team shouldn't get better, but, like top prospects for a closer? No, I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not even entertaining it. Yeah, I, I, the the question. No, oh, you never want to trade prospects for relievers. That's fair. But let's if you if you really think about what you're getting in return, relievers of Class A's value are extremely valuable. So sure. I don't want I don't yeah, want no, to downgrade diminish that. that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, for Class A, if you if you look at just a wins perspective. 2.2 war in 21, 2.3 in 22, and 1.7 last year in just 70 innings in the highest leverage of moments. There is incredible value there. Yeah. Where I'm reserved with relievers is that baseball has changed so much in the past six, seven years. And as a result, it's difficult for me to envision long-term relievers having consistent success. And simultaneously, if we talk about projecting guys in the future on this team, we're talking about what are the alternatives? An example with Bush and Bellinger, what are the alternatives to Bellinger? One of them now is Bush. Likewise, what are the alternatives to class A? The alternative is, well, the Cubs have had this capacity to produce high leverage relievers at unexpected rates. Does that mean don't go out and sign relievers? No, but you still have to consider what is the likelihood you can get a class A equivalent without giving up substantial value in the yeah. form of a top 10, top 20 prospect. Yeah. And because of that, because there is a possibility that does happen, I would be shocked if Jed actually goes and trades class A. And I would agree with uh, Greg Zumak, who, whose tweet thread this morning was good looking at lower yeah. budget type options. Well, and, and you know, again, we, we, I believe the Cubs can win that way. Of course you want an elite dominant closer and uh, lights out bullpen, et cetera. But one of the things that held them back last year was really just not having enough trustworthy guys that could get outs, not necessarily guys that were elite, super number one tier relievers, just reliable guys that could consistently get outs. By the end of the season, they had about three. And then yeah. when those guys wore down or got hurt, it went from three to two to one to zero. It felt like <laughs> by the end of it. So I think that I, I think the options like Greg was pointing out, it's like, yeah, if you can build that stable to five, six, seven, you know, and again, hopefully you're having some experience from guys like Luke Little, Jose Quas, Almonte, who they just got from the Dodgers and, and any number of the guys that have already been in the Cubs system and part of their pen, you do hope you can piece some of that together better 
than you did last year. Now, again, they do need to continue to go out and add depth, but I just, I'm agreeing with you that I don't think the need is pressing to the point that you have to panic and give up some of your top prospects for a reliever. It's just, it all depends. It all depends what they do too, with the rest of the roster, you know? If you're going to go out and get a reliever, it's going to prohibit you from getting other guys, then you have to question that. And yeah. given how Judge operated, I expect that to not happen. I would. I think floored. the interesting part with Class A, though, is that, you know, at $4 million a year, like, I don't think that's preventing yeah, but, anybody from doing anything. No, but <laughs> given how risk-averse this front office has been, yeah. I look at Class A's profile just being a reliever in general in modern baseball without getting whiffs introduces a degree of risk that the front office has not accepted in the past two or three years. I'd be floored if they do that. And yeah. you look at someone like Robert Stevenson. For I was example. just going to say that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can read your mind. He's someone I'm interested in for sure. But how he became the target that you and I are talking about is also worth mentioning. How did he become Robert Stevenson, this 30-year-old reliever, who now might make $10, $12 million per year entering age now 31. He's someone who came over and had a K per nine of under nine batters in 2022 with an ERA of 5.5. All of a sudden, this 31-year-old is going to be making $10, $12 million per year. How he did it is based on a developmental system in Tampa Bay that leveraged and optimized every single ounce of potential in him. He got acquired by Tampa. Immediately, Tampa says, you know what? Your cutter is kind of interesting. He didn't throw a cutter in April or May. He was throwing cutters at 75% rates with Tampa Bay, Corey. This is someone who developed a new pitch with a new team, and that became a dominant pitch type. So with Robert Stevenson, yeah, I'm interested in him. But again, 10 million, 12 million, the history, the age, there's a degree of uncertainty there that even for that price tag, I'm not particularly thrilled about. So yeah. I don't I don't know. It depends on who the alternative guys are. If it means the Cubs are going to go out to Cleveland and get some of those mid-tier guys with potential and give up mid-tier prospects, that is my preference, even as crazy as it sounds, giving out 10, 12, 14 million for Stevenson over a two-year deal. For yeah. a one-year deal, sure, give him like 15, think, 20 million. I'm fine with I that. I think my hope for it is that Jed doesn't overcorrect. And I don't expect him to because that's not really his MO. The bullpen wasn't good enough last year. They should have addressed it at the deadline. It was really obvious that it was going to wear down. It was not going to be trustworthy in exactly the way that it played out. But at the same time, and that was kind of my concern with like the hater situation, which again, as you and I record, this is technically still unresolved. By the way, haters sucked to San Diego when he got traded. I mean, he was awful. Well, he, San Diego has bad vibes. He I don't know. was yeah. awful. He had like a seven ERA in that second half in 2022. He got demoted. He couldn't, he he couldn't locate his fastball. Year. No. Last year, he was great. 2022, he was traded from Milwaukee to San Diego. He was the worst pitcher on that staff. San I watched those San Diego games every day. I, I, I don't know if I trust anything that goes on there. So, well, be don't careful. they? Yeah, they do have weird vibes, but it, but I'm just saying that's I meant part the of the equation. Not that I know you 
you know, I know you live yeah. in the city. Yeah, that's yeah, not what yeah, I meant. yeah. Well, you know, sometimes it's hard to tell with you. But from a baseball perspective and, and hater, that's part of the equation too. You have to factor that in. Oh, he had two months where he was demoted, where he lost his closer gig, where he couldn't locate a fastball. What is the likelihood that happens? You don't want to again? ride the Craig Kimbrell roller coaster again? Oh, my God. But that but, was different. That was only for $13 million per year. No, I was saying years. in terms of like there's a moment where it's like this guy doesn't look like he knows I, where the ball I know, is going I know, anymore. but like, at least he's going to cost half the price his hater was. We, it, random question. Let me finish my thought, and then I'll – a random question. What I was saying is I don't want Jed to overcorrect. The bullpen was, uh, you. if you had to pick an Achilles heel for this team last year, I think it was the bullpen, especially in the second half, especially in that September collapse. Yeah, That, to me, the best strategy is to make it better, not to panic and spend a ton of money or go out and try to make the biggest splash to make it better. Just make it better. And you can make it better by making several smaller moves that ultimately make the entire thing, the, the entire system better. But it's not something where just go get the most expensive reliever that you can or pay the biggest price in a trade because the bullpen cost us a season last year. Like I, I don't think it's that dire and that's not usually the best way to address problems. So that was part of my reservation with Hader in the first place. Like, if, if he was who he was last year and who he was in Milwaukee, of course you want that in the Cubs bullpen. Again, I don't like him, so I'm not, I wasn't rooting for this deal. It was weird. On that Thursday in the chat, I was like, I don't like him. And, you know, some people brought up the tweets, which, of course, is part of the reason. But but the main reason, he was the Brewers' closer for, like, six years. Why would I like the guy? I don't like some his the, body language. Some of the folks the in the walks. chat were like, why doesn't he like Josh Hader? Why would yeah. I like Josh Hader? Give me one reason to like Josh Hader. Like, I don't, like I, I don't really understand. any baseball players other than the Cubs. There's only a few that I actually he gave like up a homer to Ildemar Vargas. That was cool. Yeah, that was and something I liked about Josh Hader. But Jason like, Hayward, he was the too. Brewers closer during their like best period. Why would I like him? I, I don't understand. He's a schmuck. I don't want him. Right. And, and at, right. At, yeah. Anyway, all I was saying was part of my reservation with it was this might be a big contract. He's only 29. There's probably going to be a big market for him. I don't want to overpay just because the bullpen cost us a playoff spot or was one of the big reasons for it last year. You can make the bullpen better without like going crazy to fix it. Don't it's all context course correct. It's all contextual too. Yeah. If this team were a 92 win team, then hate uh hater at 20 million, I might consider that. But we have sure. to yeah, add context does matter. Yeah. We have to and add, they still have other stuff to do in we this offseason. To add eight yeah. wins somehow yeah. to even get to that point. So the the question I was going to ask you before we jump to our second ad break here was in the middle of that 2020 season when <laughs> okay like, or our 2019, right? But 2020 was at the beginning portion when Craig couldn't find the strike zone. Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly, yes. That's correct. The end of 2019, he was just serving up homers. But uh, beginning 2020, couldn't find the strike zone. In that moment, if I had told you, not only did he figure it out with the Cubs to the point that he gets traded, they have value in him enough to trade him at the deadline. But then a few years later, one of the best teams in the American league would give him a contract to come in and be his closer like four years from that yeah. point. When you were watching him throw the, the, the ball nowhere near the strike zone, would you have believed me if I told you that? No, I wouldn't not. have. I was on record as being like, I, this guy's toast. I like can't that. believe he's still pitching, let alone demanding that type of right? value. He's Just the outlier. Him. 
He's the outlier. Yeah. But I him. mean, to 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 my credit, though, I, I I forecasted his value for the Cubs. You threw him in the garbage can. Yes. In I 2019. Yes. And there's there was this audio record of that. You hated Craig Kimbrell. I I was off it. Yes. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy though. That's the volatility of relievers. I. That's I, the thing. Yeah. No, that's true. So. All right, uh, let's do the second ad break here. We'll come back around, finish up some discussion on third baseman. First ad break here from our sponsor, Midtown Athletic. Midtown Athletic Club. I've seen those pictures, videos of all their locations. You have the Palatine location in the northwest suburb, Bannockburn, Willowbrook, Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. They launched a multi-million dollar transformation of the club, which will be complete sometime in early 2024. And they're offering no initiation fees this January at their Bannockburn, Palatine, and Willowbrook locations. Again, I've seen all those photos. It looks pristine, luxurious. They have something for everyone. That If you're single, if you are a family guy, just looking to make lifestyle changes or Get into holistic wellness. Well, Midtown is for you. They have amazing outdoor and indoor pools as well, hot tubs. They have yoga. They have boxing, ride, spin, and cycling courses, cross-training. They have group exercise classes for whatever fits your style. They also have best tennis the best tennis course and programming in the sport. Midtown has indoor, outdoor tennis, pickleball, and paddle tennis. They are USDA, professional quality. All the way, CHDO Bears and the CHDO Sports Podcast will be filming live from the Midtown Bannockburn on Thursday, the 25th. Guests of the show are complimentary that day, so go check it out. Again, on the 25th, check out the space and catch their show. Head over to midtown.com slash CHDO to find out more and to tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. Okay. Second break here from our wonderful sponsor, CDJR. Are you in the market for a new vehicle? If you are, then we have great news for you. Our partner, Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Fox Lake, is starting their Ray Resolution with you with the Start Something New sales event. And you know what that means? You'll be able to shop incredible savings on new vehicles in stock because they want to clear the lot to make a room for all those brand new 2024 vehicles. For a limited time, get up to $9,000 off new Jeep models with dealer discount. And that's not all. Shop all their last call on remaining 2023 Dodge Challenger and Charger models, including Hellcats, Scat Packs, and more. Dodge is the most powerful muscle car brand, so you don't want to miss out on their last call with over 20 Dodge muscle cars to choose from. At Ray CDJR, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and drive home with more money in your pocket than you'd, than you'd expect Thanks to Raise Price Promise. Don't miss out. Shop great deals all month long and save big because Ray CDJR makes buying a new vehicle more affordable than ever. Fans can get a free oil change when you mention CHGO at the service center or mention CHGO when you book online at raycdjr.com slash service. But you have to schedule before January 30. First, again, if you are in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram because they are the only team 
we recommend. Visit them on Route 12 in Fox Lake. And for more information, visit RayCDJR in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com, serving the community since 1963. All right, Brendan. Uh, so want to talk a little bit about third base and we'll start the conversation. Y- you and I, and I think the the rest of the CHGO Cup team, we've talked a lot about Christopher Morrell. So I don't want to center this conversation too much on Christopher Morrell specifically, but I will read these quotes about Christopher Morrell because I think it sets up the rest of the conversation. Uh, so okay. From CubsCon, we had Craig Council talking about Christopher Morrell. He said, quote, we're going to have to at some point decide where we focus a lot of the work on with Christopher. And we might get that wrong at the start, but his versatility is something that is going to get him on the field that I think gives the team a floor, if that makes sense. So then I love Carter, that quote. I love then, that quote. Then Carter Hawkins. Okay. What he, he said. Council ended that quote by saying, that's what versatile players do. And that's what I think Christopher is going to do for the Cubs talking okay. about, you know, at different days, different positions, guys need a rest, things like that. And, and making a, before a, you read Carter's quote, just quick sure. interjection, what he was describing council was a fail fast approach. And he used a preface, at some point, we are going to have to dot, dot, dot. That's exactly the process I was hoping the Cubs would deploy over the past two years to get to the point where they're saying, at some point, we may fail at first. But they didn't do that for mm-hmm. some of their guys, including yeah. Morrell, including Mervis. That's what the differentiating factor with Council is I think you're going to get more aggression and more willingness to try new things. And if it fails, that's a good thing. You cross it out and you start to iterate over and over again. Yes. Uh, agreed. So I, one of my main takeaways from CubsCon was is Craig Council is a genius. It, Craig Council is great. He's a genius. It, he's great. He's got the stuff he says too. is, is very good. And, and again, it was one of those things where not to relitigate the the David Ross stuff or anything like that. But one of the main things that I didn't like about Ross was when I didn't agree with some of his decisions, I didn't find his answers on them to be particularly satisfactory or convincing. Um, you know, thinking about like the wisdom bunt or things like that. Like I just remember his answers not really being not really explaining his position in a way that I went, Oh, I, I didn't well, consider that. Or, Ryan Herrera can explain it better for you. If you're really curious. <laughs> yeah, about right. some of John Caselli's going to love that joke. <laughs> um, but something I've liked about Craig in the early going, he's very thorough and, and articulate in his thoughts and strategies and the way he's going about certain decisions. Doesn't necessarily mean he's always going to be right. But when I read his thought process on things, you have the feeling of like, this guy's smarter than me. He has a really well thought out reason for doing it. And so go ahead. I'm going to trust him with Ross. A lot of the time it was like, I don't really get that feeling. And he doesn't have a lot of like conviction or theory behind what he's saying. It was just like, yeah, you know, he's a gritty guy. We wanted him to get going or, and it's like, well, that's not really an answer to, to something, you know? So, yeah. And I, I always thought council was this nerdy guy or whatever. He has personality. He was wearing uh, like a hoodie underneath yeah. a blazer. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? He's wearing like, well, I mean, listen, to be fair, like, you know, do you know, Dansby showing up 
Pedro Strope oh, was boy, also yeah. in the building. You got to up your style game. At I mean, he's definitely maybe I was surprised. years past teams. The standard may have been a little yeah. lower, a little different. I, yeah. I think, you know, during the, the Lester, Travis Wood, John Lackey years, you know, maybe a, a, some camo shorts, or I know Travis Wood like to wear that denim vest. Or you know what? Just off. no shirt either. No, that's that what could, I'm saying. He would yeah. start in the denim vest, but then it would come off yeah. eventually. Naturally. Uh, but, you know, now you've got Dansby, Ian Happ has modeled for some clothes. Like, you got to kind of step your game up a little bit. I mean, bit I will say, though, the whole, like, hoodie underneath the blazer is not my thing, you know? I don't think I could rock it like Council can, but – pull it off. Yeah, but I don't feel like it. The chat's going to say you have the hair to pull it off. But getting back to Morell and getting into the third base conversation, um, Carter Hawkins discussing Morell said, quote, I mean, you could put all our chips in one spot or we can put half our chips in one and the other. I don't know that one is a better answer or not. Our decision right now is to play him at multiple places. And to the extent we feel like there's better odds in one, we'll continue to put more chips there but it's just the strategic plan we have at this moment one i love because i do this sometimes like he started you know comparing it to like chips and cards and he couldn't get off it for the entire (laughs) the entire quote the whole thing becomes about chips because he started it that way i do love that i respect that but one i would caution and this is similar to other other things you have to remember that they are speaking with the roster that they currently have. If they were going to sign a third baseman, Carter Hawkins is not going to say that. So when he's talking about, well, right now we're thinking of playing him in multiple places, that can always change because they can change the roster. They're speaking about right now. And I remember that too. It happened with Bush and and talking about him playing at first base. As I remember, I think it was Sahadev Sharma from The Athletic said that that's the plan for him right now is to play first base. Operative word, right now. If yeah. they sign a first baseman, then he might play somewhere else. As that's- the roster currently is constructed, his best opportunity would be at first base. So card is always subject to change. That's the the main lesson here. But when they're speaking, they're not going to tip their hand about other moves they might make. Right now, they would probably all say PCA and Talkman are playing center field unless Cody Bellinger walks through the door, you know? So just keep that in mind. I don't, I don't mind this. I know we've wanted them to find Morell a position, but this is clearly something that everyone in the organization is thinking about. Now you have Craig council who prior was an outside voice coming in and he's offering his opinion. So I'm going to let them figure this out with Christopher. Obviously I like you, I wish they had just planted him at third base two years ago and maybe we wouldn't be having this discussion, but we'll see where they go from here. Now, the question from that goes, if Morell is roving around, even in their plan right now, if he's roving around, who is playing third base every day? Do they look at someone like Matt Chapman and hope that that market, like they're hoping with Cody Bellinger, just doesn't come to those two players and instead comes to Jed Hoyer? Perhaps. I'm not sure. Do they plan on some sort of platoon like they did last year with some of the same guys? I'm not sure. The only thing I'm going to say, and I'm just going to get this out of the way, because I want you to talk about Chapman or some other things. Don't say his name. No, I'm going to, because I want to be on record on this. I don't care what they do the rest of this offseason. If this team starts the year giving reps at third base, starting reps to Nick Magical, I am going to be furious. Absolutely furious. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for You're at welcome. least 
Yeah, not let me go off on that tangent. You're welcome. Thank you. The Chicago Cubs can do better than a third baseman that can't hit at a league average level and can't hit the ball to the warning track. I commend Matt. Fine depth player, starting third baseman. Yeah. No. No. I commend Magical's attitude. I commend him for learning the position, admirably performing well defensively. Guy can't hit for me. This is the Chicago Cubs in a weak division. You have to do better because their projection offensively is so shallow. It's a disservice. Fine platoon. Sure. Sure. Yes. But it's a disservice to the entire roster. I guess what I'm saying is, is that whatever moves they make, you cannot go into the season saying like, yeah, we're going to split time with Madrigal and Master Boney. No, 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 no. no. It's a good question though. What do they do at third base right now? Patrick Wisdom, Christopher Morell, Nick Madrigal is part of that equation despite our reservations. I am Master Boney. So is Master Boney. And athletically, it does appear as if Master Boney is a little bit more... It's all relative, so don't twist these words, but higher ceiling given he can play multiple positions with a little bit more fast twitchiness. He's played shortstop very recently, second base, third base, has a better propensity to drive the ball gap to gap. So those are the four guys, Master Boney, Magical, Wisdom, and Morel. If you give counsel those four options, <laughs> I would bet he can figure it out. I'm not, not going to lie. I think... The way wisdom can be used against lefties for a platoon situation does make some sense, but bear with me, but what are the alternatives on the market? One alternative is Matt Chapman. You are working yourself up in a tizzy. No, I'm I'm there. working myself up because as we're talking about this, it's like if you right now, we're only hoping that they bring back Bellinger. We, we haven't even added anything else on offense that Bush sure, but like they don't have Bellinger. So if they re-sign Bellinger, they've gotten back to around the level of the end of last year. We've said a bunch, don't compare it to April of 2023. It's not yeah. really the same offensive group. If, if that's all they do and we're you, third base is the same group of platoon players. I'm not going to be particularly pleased with that. I don't I, like the team's not in a better Listen, spot. Be the team's explicit. only in a better spot. If PCA immediately Listen. turns into the player you've dreamed on and Michael Bush starts to hit. Listen, listen, I'll I'm not explicit. arguing. At I know. You. I'm, argu- I know. I'm not arguing with you. I'm arguing at you. <laughs> I, I, okay. That's an interesting way of putting it. I, if you want to be explicit, the Cubs, have the 17th projected offensive war in Major League Baseball. I don't care how they become a top seven team. But you have I don't, to get there. I, I don't care if they go into the year with those four guys at third base, if they figure it out, out around the diamond. I don't care how it happens. Yeah. But if you look at the current roster right now, the voids on this team are threefold third base, center field, and first base. There's not enough stability at the top tier of the projection to justify any of these guys. If you want to win the division, if you go into the year with this current roster, it's stupid to bet on those four third basemen. It's stupid to bet on Bush, Mervis, and PCA as well. This is not good enough. A 17th projected war right now is not good enough. So does that mean going out and signing Matt Chapman? Maybe. For $20 million? Yes, maybe. Does it mean you sign Chapman and Bellinger and you make these crazy trades and you risk it and you go above the second and third tier of the luxury tax? Maybe. 
if the opportunity is there. This is what I will say though, where I always think about this, and especially when you use the 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 metaphor with the chips and and Carter Hawkins. I in the back of my mind and reserved about the front office because sometimes I feel as if they have a better understanding of probability than what actually is represented by reality. And I feel as if sometimes they make moves based on a higher degree of confidence in some of these probabilities and projections, but I don't really think that's necessarily the case. And where I would like them to be different is taking a little bit more risk. And that's risk at the developmental level, which they're starting to do and drafting guys and having Dan Kantrovitz and promoting some of their internal guys developmentally. But I need more risk from this front office. I can't go into a year as an 87-win team right now, Corey. And that is probably the likely outcome. But if they can go out and improve elsewhere at third base to push that tier of win projection 90, sure. I'm fine with Chapman, and I'm also fine with those four third basemen, but it has to come. Those improvements have to come elsewhere. Yeah. You're working me up. Well, no, I mean, it's just it's just the conversation. We, we've also seen uh, a lot that Matt Shaw is working exclusively at third base, and, you know. Is that, perhaps- involved, though? Is that a fair assessment, though? I feel like with the front office, especially with the Imanaga signings and the Bush trade and everything – I keep saying this, like the front office is making good moves. I I like generally what they're doing, but I really feel as if there's not enough pushback sometimes where I feel in On what? what? I, well, not from you specifically, but just generally speaking, sometimes I feel as if we talk about these moves as if there's only a certain, like a multiple choice test where you pick oh, A, sure. B, C, D. Yeah. And I'm talking about, I want someone to write the damn dissertation. I want someone to put the book out where they're changing the game. I don't want the front office to, let's use Carter Hawkins' analogy, play by the book. I mm-hmm. don't want to just double down when the dealer's showing 11. I don't want to hit when the dealer's showing 16, even though my odds suck. I want to rewrite the book. So my expectation for the front office is go out and do some crazy stuff. And we've yet to see that. These moves are great. Imanaga signing is awesome. For 52 million. I love that, but I'm sick of having these conversations. That's why I'm getting myself worked up over this. I don't want to talk about probabilities and putting your chips in. I want, I, I don't want to talk about that at all. I want it to be obvious and how you get there. I don't know, but it's not A, B, C, or D. And it feels that sometimes we don't talk about it like that. It's always like, oh, well, what else could be done? What are yeah. you suggesting? What are you proposing? I hate having those conversations. No, I, I I hear you. I think, you know, what got me even just w- worked up or thinking about it is just, again, like they don't have Cody Bellinger back. So they're not at that level. And you're you're talking about a position where we're t- it's the same group as last year. Like, uh, how, so the team, the offense isn't better at all. So I, it, that just isn't going to work for me. You and again, the, you know the counter to that Cody is? Bellinger is not walking through that door yet. Yeah. But you know what the counter to that point is? Hit me. Well, if you bring back the same team as last year, they were statistically speaking a 91 win team by the mm-hmm. Pytha- Py- Pythag record, right? Yeah. And that is an argument that people genuinely believe and could be a direction forward for the remainder of the offseason. Listen, that's a fine attitude. I've said this before. <laughs> it, it is a fine attitude if you are the Minnesota Twins. But when you're the Chicago Cubs and you haven't made the playoffs since 2020 
and you haven't won a playoff game since 2017, that's not good enough for me. And again, that's ignoring so many variables that you would need to continue from last year. Now, of course, things can also go the positive direction. Things can get better. Players can get better. New players can arise and make their name and things like that. But, you know, again, the caution, even with the current group, right? Like, is Mike Talkman doing that again? You betting on that? And I'm not, again, I'm not saying you. Are you betting on, as if you're fine running it back to a degree with the group from that ended 2023, is Mike Talkman leading off and playing that well? Again, you're sure about that. Is Jan Gomes at, what is he, 36? He's going to keep that up. He's going to get all those game-winning hits. He's going to stay healthy and fresh and play that way on offense. You're betting on that? You sure? Okay. Yeah. Like, which say, I'm a believer that say is the guy he was in the last two months. But if you're just running it all back, you better be damn sure about that. Yeah. So you'll be judged on that too. There is a lot of volatility in that. I believe Justin Steele will get better as time goes on. But there, he also just delivered you an an, an, a, an almost Cy Young season. Are you getting that again? Is Imanaga going to give you what Stroman gave you, even in the starts that he was out there? Who knows? So, like, that that's my thing. When we're talking about, you know, certain parts or it was fine last year, like, was it? And is it going to happen again? Like, the, the whole point is, like, you need to get better and add some assurances yes. to that. And to your point, let we can talk about this. It is a 91-win team last year. Their output was a 91-win team. But baseball is a stupid sport. If this team goes into the season again with the same roster, and let's say they, their Pythag record again is 91, there's still too much uncertainty to leave up for chance and randomness. So in order to compensate for that you need to significantly push your win projection and again you have to think about 2025 and 2026 and 2027 and i understand all of that but sometimes you you don't project 25 or 26 well and you look back on these win windows and you think damn i should have pushed in to carter's metaphor my chips in a little bit more Maybe it made a little bit more sense to spend money at the trade deadline in 23 to get that reliever. And maybe your 85 win Cubs would have beat the 84 win D backs NL pennant winners. Yeah. Corey. And that's yeah. where I get a little uncomfortable so, talking about. Yes. Yeah. So look, I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm iffy on the, unless the Matt Chapman market comes to Jed, I I've been iffy on that the whole time, but I will not be content with their offensive additions being Cody Bellinger and Michael Bush and nothing else. That isn't what we talked about that when we like started the, likely, the offseason. That seems like the likely outcome. All right. Where else are you going to improve? Through the trade market? You sign Bellinger, who else are you going to get in the trade on the on the free agent market? That's it. It's just Bellinger. You know, Reese Hoskins, perhaps, but then where does Bush play? Where's Morel play? And now you have to put Morel at third you, base. L- listen, I, I hear I you. But I I, but you but you you know what I'm saying like of I mean if you only bring back Cody Bellinger and you put Michael Bush at first base and Patrick Wisdom is starting at third base and it's not a knock on some of these players I think I think the group at third base has real complementary value I think they're good bench pieces and they offer different looks 
Patrick Wisdom, even just those three players, like Wisdom, Madrigal, and Master Boney, they all can provide different things to a winning ball club. But as starters, as guys that you're leaning on at a corner position on a team that doesn't already doesn't have enough power and slug, no. That no. I know. <laughs> no. Um, My I'm answer is no. And I'm, I'm not you. the one that gets paid millions of dollars to find a better answer. So this is how stupid I'll get or Carter if you want an answer. This is how stupid I am. If I yeah. entered the offseason and you told me that the Cubs would sign Bellinger and Reese Hoskins and Imanaga in late October, I would have said, that's not enough. I, I'm not satisfied. We're sitting here, end of January, Reese Hoskins, Bellinger, Imanaga. We're like, oh, that's a good offseason. Yeah, I hear you. Right? Right? Wow. See how our expectations change significantly? Yeah. Right? But I'm not, I'm not wavering on I, that part. I'm not going to waver on. What I'll give them some wiggle room. What? But I'm not, I'm not. I'm not wavering on that. That hypothetical offense isn't good enough. No, it's it, it's not. My expectation going into 24 was 92 to 95 wins. That is a stupid expectation to have. Likely not going to meet that expectation, but that was my expectation. And it appears as if the front office doesn't think it's possible to get to that route. Therefore. Let's look at 25. Let's soft push to 24. Let's see how the next five years work with our high volume of prospects. And maybe one of them prob probabilistically works out. That's the direction they're likely going to go on. Unless some weird market scenario happens where a good player falls in their lap. But that is going to be a likely outcome, I feel. We shall see. All right, let's finish off this last ad break here from our sponsors, Corey Comet. It's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. That's something we all can get behind for the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it. That is right, Brendan. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence toward an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. So what should businesses owner, business owners do? Go to comed.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you own a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business, good for the planet. Good for all of us. Go to comed.com slash clean. Did you say comed.com slash clean? That is right, Brendan. Go now and see how going electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. 
you rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right. All right. So coming out of our last ad break here, I it's going to be interesting. So one of the things I was saying on the show with the guys was that Ed said at CubsCon that the Cubs offseason is in the fourth or fifth inning. And my response was, well, that better be true. <laughs> that That's it. So obviously in terms of time left before pitchers and catchers report, and ultimately, you know, we're creeping up on the two month mark out of the Cubs and Rangers opening up the season down in Texas. And we'll see, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff still to address. So we will see how the Cubs go about that. I, you know, again, the, the only thing I'm really expecting at this point is the, the bullpen stuff for sure. Cause Jed was pretty pointed about saying that it wasn't good enough. Well, I expect and, a bat too. I mean, I think they will improve the offense. They can't. Yeah. I just season. don't, I just don't know how. So, and you know, it's the same thing. Like we may be waiting on that. I, I think if you're, if you're Jed and you're waiting for the market to come to you on a couple of players, that can take a while because typically agents and players are not going to accept that until they truly have to. So we may be waiting on that for a little bit, but we'll continue to debate this stuff. And, you know, we're going to continue to see guys trickling into Mesa. Uh, you know, so eventually we're going to start seeing Christopher Morrell there. We'll be able to see where he's playing, what he's working on, things like that. And maybe that'll answer some of these questions or maybe it'll just create more, but it's, uh, I feel better than I did two months ago, I guess, even if only slightly. I mean, sure, I guess. If you told me this was a situation two months ago, I would not feel good right I now. I would not. Yeah. I would not feel good whatsoever. I understand the process. If Jet can get these guys on cheaper deals and you have to wait at the market, good for him. It just has to work. I'll judge right. it in the middle of March, but it has, it has, it has to, to work. work. Just has to work. I don't care how you do it. I will complain about it. I will complain about how there's no deadlines in the offseason. Even Jed Hoyer himself is complaining about how there's no deadlines in the offseason. So yeah, I'll complain about it. But if this is how he believes is the best path forward for a 24 winner, okay. Let's just see it happen then. Yeah. So we shall see. Um, as I said earlier, but if you missed it, do go to the CHGO Sports YouTube page. Of course, you should be subscribed already. But really great stuff from the team uh, from CubsCon. Like I said, I know they're, they they did an interview with Jordan Wicks. I saw an interview with Mike Talkman. Uh, and there's more to come from the crew that was over at CubsCon. They did a really great job. So check out those interviews. Brendan and I will be back with you next Friday, hopefully with uh, signing a single signing I mean, or something I doubt, I doubt to talk it. about. I doubt it. I would take a low level reliever trade even. Can I can I interest you in a backup catcher? <laughs> no. We have two we have plenty of them. Um oh uh, maybe that's the new market inefficiency, Brendan. Backup catchers? Yes. I mean, you know, they had quite a few in twenty sixteen. Yeah. Do we have Mookie Betts? No. Do we have no. Shohei Otani? No. Aaron Judge? No. no. But you know what we do have? 8,000 catchers. Alfarado. <laughs> Alfaro. Yeesh. Is it Alfaro? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, 
Hey, oh, yeah. I, he's not on the major league team yet. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to that figure was, out. That was intentional. Ah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I can't pick up on your sarcasm. Yeah. Was I think it was easier when you and I couldn't see each other. I think that's the yeah. problem. Yeah, maybe. But we will be back with you next Friday, of course. Tune in throughout the week, Monday through Friday. The CHGO Cubs team has you covered with live shows. We will hop on if there is breaking news. Uh, I believe we've only gotten to do two of those shows this offseason. One was for Craig Council and the other for Shota Imanaga. Uh, but the CHGO Cubs team was live, I believe, within five to ten minutes. I, of I, was, of on, those. I yep. was on the show. Yes, of both yeah. of those things being announced. So I had the camera up my nose basically on that show. You were willing to do what it took to get the <laughs> I, uh the pitch lab data. I on will the do show. what is necessary. Yeah. At all costs. So if the Cubs do have breaking news, a big signing, a big trade, etc., and you are looking for immediate content and discussion, look no further than the CHGO Sports YouTube page and the CHGO Cubs podcast. So we will talk to you next Friday. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Thank you as always. We will talk to you again soon. And as always, go Cubs. Go, 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 go.